is no growth in comfort and no comfort in growth. Business today typically values and promotes leaders for their subject expertise. Leaders who have command of the details and execute based on knowledge and experience are highly respected. However, to grow as a leader, you have to get out of your comfort zone. That means learning to lead without just being the expert. Learn to gain the trust and respect of a team that might know more than you do. Get comfortable with ambiguity and with not having all the information. Develop the skills and confidence to lead in a different way. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace. And today we have a very timely show. So coming around to the new year, it's performance review time or annual conversation about where your career is going time or so just time to stay, take stock and say, where am I going and am I happy with where I'm going? So that's going to be our focus today is around your career. Now, there's two angles to this. One for you listening How can we help you think through the process for your career? And are you ready for a career move? And do you know what your career goals really are? Or two, if you're leading people and it's time for you to have that conversation with them, how can you think about coaching people through um, answering some of these questions for themselves? So that's going to be our focus today. We're going to first look at how do you understand where you want to go with your career? And then we're going to take a look at how do you write a mission statement for yourself so you have a sense of purpose and passion and meaning behind it. And then we're going to look at how do you attract the kind of jobs that you would be interested in, whether those are internal to your own company or outside of your company. With me today is Peter Pritchard. Peter has helped thousands of individuals from six continents identify their career goals and then reach them. He's presented at over 400 conferences and workshops, speaking to very large audiences and small ones. He's written dozens of articles and book chapters about peak performance, resilience, emotional intelligence, career transitions, career excellence, and how to have those difficult conversations with someone about the complicated career decisions. Peter's taught at NYU, Columbia University, and John Hopkins University. Um, he's a six-time winner of the President's Award for Excellence at the as well as SVP of Quality at Lee Hecht Harrison, and a whole host of other things. He's also an author of a book for young people called The Dawn of Hope. His website, workforthecommongood.com, is chocked full of information as well for people of all ages. So, Peter, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, you And I will say your website has a ton of information for anybody who's feeling lost about this career journey. But let's start with this whole notion of the need to understand your career focus. And I believe that's important, but why do you tell people understanding that is so critical for them? Yes, um, a lot of people uh, get caught up in the um, all that's going on in their job or in their personal lives or out in the world, um, and uh, they don't, in an organized way, look at um, their career options. So um, you mentioned the website has a lot of information on that, and I, and I, I really want to, the, the audience to walk away from this conversation between us with some very clear ideas of you know, how, how can they uh, manage their career in, in, a, in a logical way that allows them to move toward goals they want to do. And the, and the first question, Wanda, that, that I, I start my coaching uh, with, and this, this is uh, 
applicable to those who are in leadership positions on this call, who want to coach their people or are, are on the call for themselves, is are you moving away from or toward something? And that, that sounds like a simple question, but I've asked it thousands of times over the years. I've been a, a career coach and leadership coach. And um, often people uh, are saying, well, I've got, I, I've got to do something, got to do something, got to do something. And they're moving away from a difficult situation at their job or in their life, and they're not taking the time to step back and go, is there something that I could be doing to change my work situation? Um, you know, I like it here. They're good people. It's, you know, it's close to home or whatever. Um, but they hadn't really thought of that very basic question, are you moving away from something or are you moving towards something? If you have thoughts as to, you know, I've always wanted to do X, and we're going to get, back, we're going to, get to that in a little bit, um, and that's why I'm having these, these uh, thoughts, then that's very healthy. But if it's primarily or only because you're working away from a, uh, looking to work, get away from a bad boss or you had a bad performance review or whatever, um, there are, are other ways of dealing with that. And I, I've coached a lot of people around having the kind of conversation with their boss if it was a bad review or looking at other options within their organization depending on how, um, on how uh, large the organization is. So um, having a, uh, a planful way of looking at your career is my answer to your question uh, because many people don't do that because of everything that's going on in their life and in our world at this point. Yeah, I have two comments about that one. The first one is I totally agree with you. I would bet in most of my coaching cases where someone is saying, I think I need to change jobs, whether it's change companies or just change jobs, I would say 90% of the time they're running away from something. And my belief is when you're running away, it has a tendency to come back and find you again. So you keep finding yourself back in the same situation, the same situation until you just sort of stop and say, why is this happening and what am I going to do about it? Um, this notion about a planful way, I got, I got an email this week from someone that I have worked with um, in a different capacity in the past. And the question coming to me was, I've got two job opportunities in front of me and I don't know how to decide which one I want to do. And, you know, would appreciate your advice. And I fire back with about seven questions, which is, you know, a whole host of things having to do with, do you have a game plan? I mean, what are you looking to achieve with this career move other than just something new? And the answer was, I don't know. So it makes it very difficult then to say, well, which of the two offers do I take or neither of them for that matter? So, Peter, how do you get people to start this journey of thinking about their career in a planful way, in an intentional way? Um, it's an excellent question, and I want to revert back to the, the first point you made. I'm not arguing at all with the idea of 90% are running away from something or uh, not moving towards something, and that's, that's why I led with that as my first point, because that is, that is not a way to uh, be planful about what it is that you would want to do. To your, to your current question, um, the, the idea of, of sitting with somebody, if they've come to you, and um, are, now this goes into the coaching. If they're an employee or if, if this is um, 
um, an individual that's that's looking for assistance. Um, the 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 key question of moving away from or towards something starts things off. If it's towards something great, if it's away from something not. But then what I want what I want to do, and this is the planful part of this, is to is to get them thinking in terms of what would be the pieces of their their new role. So the first thing that I would want them to look at is okay, what what do you want to be doing in 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 this next job that you're thinking of going toward? You know, what are the competencies that you would want to use? And um, on my website, and you mentioned the name of it already, um, is uh, there's a there's a PowerPoint presentation that I've created for the for the listeners. Um, it has a planning guide on it, and it takes them through the, these two exercises that I'm going to talk through now. So um, it's for free. Uh, I'm not, you know, you, you download it. You don't have to give any information. I'm not looking to get clients um, from this. This is this. These resources on that website are free for the listeners. All you have to do is click on it, download it, and then work off of it. If what we what we talk about in our hour together is work is helpful. And so the first thing is, okay, what do you want to do? What are the competencies that you want to be using um, in the new work environment? That makes sense. You know, what kind of what kind of work do you want to be doing? Uh, a resource that that is an excellent resource that is again on that uh, that PowerPoint deck and planning guide is um, Edgar Schein S C H E I N's work on career anchors. That's the name of his book. And 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 let me just help the audience know some of the kinds of competencies that they that they would be helpful for them to to think about. And I'm going to mention a few of them here. And I would just ask the listeners if anything jumps out at them, jot it down. First one is technical functional. Do you want to do technical functional things? The second is, do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be a general manager and manage other people? The third is, is it important for you to have autonomy and independence? Some people want to do that. They might want to work on their own in terms of things. How important is security and stability to you? If you're driven by that for some reason, that's going to start to shape your your, your uh, looking at career options. Uh, are, do you have entrepreneurial creativity? Do you want to serve a cause, a uh, dedication to a cause? That's obviously going to move you toward organizations that, that do that. The final two are, do you want pure challenge? Are you the kind of person that your whole life you have loved to gravitate towards unsolvable problems? Um, and there are people that, that will be listening that hear that go, yeah, that's me. And the final is lifestyle. Is balancing your personal needs and your family needs and your career, having that kind of balance important for you? The answer to these questions, and again, they're, they're, they're in that PowerPoint deck and handout. The answers to those questions, Wanda, are then are going to start shaping the focus of who they're going to talk to and what they're going to do, because now they have a sense of uh, the kind of competencies and skills they want to use based on Edgar Schein's career anchors um, uh, typology. So, so let me stop there. I just threw out a lot of information. Yep. Do you have any reaction to that before I, before I mention one other resource? Well, I think that's a very powerful list, and certainly Ed Shine's work is fabulous work. Again, for people on the show, the book is called Career Anchors, and you can get a list of these on Peter's website at workforthecommongood.com in his PowerPoint around career exploration. Um, it strikes me that these items that you've just listed have some close parallels with what I understand what motivates people. 
Absolutely. And I also yes. think when when you start to say to somebody, well, I'm not I'm really interested in being a technical expert and I'm not terribly interested in being a general manager and I'd like a lot of autonomy. If you start saying those things, we know where to begin to to um, put you in an organizational construct or where to direct you at least. So they make a lot of sense to me. They, they you know, absolutely get at very basic, you know, if someone wants to be a manager, that's a basic characterological way of looking at things. I left three jobs because they, they put me into management roles and it took me out of the consulting. I didn't want to be, I'm, apparently I'm very good at it, being a manager. I didn't want to do it. So in all three cases, I left very good organizations. I'm still on good terms with everybody I've ever worked with at any of those organizations. But I explained to them, I want to do the consulting. I want to do this work, what we're talking about, versus managing other people. Because the people I would be managing were having all the fun. They were working on this stuff, which is, which, which is fun for me. So your point is a very good one. It gets it very basic. If somebody wants pure challenge, that's probably been the way they've been for most of their lives. And yeah. always were gravitating towards those things that people, you can't, they're motivated by, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can. Yeah. And they <laughs> yeah. Let me find a way. So your point is if a very good it. it also sorry. strikes me, I'm going to take the point of view of if I am managing somebody and we're sitting down to have a career conversation, that this list is a good place to start. Absolutely. So, I'm sorry, please continue. No, I was just going to say, just getting people focused on what they want and what they don't want out of the next step of their career. And granted, it might change along the way. Yes, uh, having having this as an organizer, I've got a, uh, a, a second organizer. Do we have a couple minutes for me to d- dis- describe sure. this? Sure, yes, One? please. Okay. That, that's the first organizer about the competencies to use. The second, and, and it, it, the second is uh, looking at work environments. And again, this, this is in the, this is, I've taught this, so it's in the PowerPoint deck in the planning guide. John Holland wrote a book called Making Vocational Choices. Holland as in the country. And he identified six work environments. This is another list that will help somebody focus. Are you a doer? Are you somebody who wants to do concrete hands-on stuff? Are you investigative? Are you a thinker? Are you analytical? Are you explorative in the way you look at things? A third one is, are you artistic? Are you creative? Are you a creator? Do you want to do original things in a variety of ways? Are you a helper is number four. That's the social component. Do you want to be cooperative and supportive of people? The fifth one is enterprising. Are you a persuader? And the final one is, are you an organizer? Are you really detail-oriented in terms of organizing? So to the, the excellent point you just made a moment ago, Wanda, these also get people starting to think in terms of, who they are, and more importantly, what kind of work environments would they want to work in? Do they want to do it in a social work environment? That's going to point them toward teaching and other kinds of things. Is it an artistic environment? Is it, a, is it an analytical environment where they're going to be crunching numbers and looking at science? So the whole point of these resources for people, and the reason I created the deck for them, uh, for, for our listeners, is it provides focus. It helps people who are going, I don't know what I want to do, or I'm thinking I want to move um, ideas. And so literally, I've done exactly what you said. I've had the the sheet. I've given it to them. I said, let me take you through this. And all of a sudden, I've seen dozens of people go, yeah, yeah, general, I want to be a manager. And then we do the Holland thing, and and I want to do it in in a social work setting. Boom. 
now there's right. a focus, and when we get to how you find those jobs later in the conversation, it would be the next part of that process. But your point is an excellent one. This gets at basic things that people want to do and where they want to do them, and that's really a beginning point. Once they've thought about, you know, um, am I am I moving away from or towards something, and that's a key a key question. Okay. All right. So one of the things that I like to do with people, um, particularly with the women that I work with, is to get them to dream big in their career and not get so much focused on the next job, but where you'd like to be five jobs from now, maybe even as your last job. And granted, you may change your mind about this, but at least think about it. So that, for example, if you wanted to be a CEO, then you would need to back up and say, well, which kind of these competencies would I really need to be developing so that I would be a credible candidate as a CEO? And what kind of environments am I going to be happy in? Um, so that tells me something about the industry or the location or, you know, I have to get comfortable with some stuff I might not be very comfortable with. Does that sound reasonable to you? Absolutely. Um, help people, listeners, Think, start by thinking big. I've got, a, I've got a, a question I've asked over a thousand times to the people that I've worked with. And, and the question is this. Um, what is it that if you knew you could not fail, what would you do? Simple question. Powerful to exactly the point you just made. I want them to step back from the, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do that. And just relax, take a breath. And answer the question, if you, you know, slow down, slow down your mind. If you knew you could not fail, what would you do? I've had people burst into tears in answering that question, men and women. Because, and they look back, and this this isn't anything about me, it's about the question. They said, Peter, I've never, ever had anybody respect me enough to ask me that question. What do I want to do? I want to do X, but my family would think it's crazy. And now all of a sudden we're into a, a coaching conversation and, and, and man, the, the managers and leaders on this call can be having the same kind of conversations. Once you open them up to a question like that, um, it opens up the creativity. It takes away the barriers. If you couldn't fail, and if they start to equivocate, they say, no, if you knew you could not fail, what would you do? And then That's shut up. As the That's coach to them. Be quiet and let them sit there three, four, five minutes and without interrupting and let that, and often the answer that comes out, it, it can be very, very powerful. I think that's incredible um, because I think it is important for people to to stretch beyond what they see as their current barriers. And that's a great question for doing it. So for you as an individual, what would you do if you knew you could not fail or as a manager Assign the question to your direct report. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Interesting question. Okay. So, Peter, let me see if I can put all this together. So, there's this notion that we ask first, are you moving away from something or towards something? And what we want to get people doing is moving towards rather than running away. And then the second part is to look at the competencies that you want to be using in your new role, whether it's within the company or outside the company, and that's whether you want to be technical, functional, one, two, a general manager, three, have autonomy or independence, four, how important is security and stability, five is how entrepreneurial and creative do you want to be, six is how much do you want to serve a cause, 
Seven is, do you want a real pure challenge? Is that what you're about? And eight is, how important is the lifestyle? Just answer those questions for whatever is accurate for you. And it helps us capture the kinds of opportunities that are going to make sense to you. I can think about the person who sent me the email that that list would be a fabulous way of going through and evaluating the two jobs and saying, now with that lens, which one's going to be the best opportunity for you? Then the third part of this is to look at the kind of environment you want to work in. And this is from Holland's work. Do you want to be a doer? Do you want to be um, an investigator? Do you want to be artistic? Do you want to be a helper? Do you want to be an enterprise person or do you want to be an organizer? Each of those have other words that give you some explanations. Um, And that tells again something about the kind of environment I want to be in and the kind of people I want to be around, not necessarily the job I want to do, but the place I want to be. And then lastly, what would you do if you could do anything and you knew you wouldn't fail? It'd be fabulous. All right, Peter, Um, I think that gives people an amazing start at beginning to get some focus on where they want to go, what they want to move towards. The next part of this, though, is how do we put that into some sort of mission statement? So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to focus with Peter on why this mission statement for you personally is so important, how you can go about creating it and so forth. So with me today is Peter Pritchard. Peter's helped thousands of people, as you can hear already, from six continents figure out what their career goals are and then reach them. His website is workforthecommongood.com. You'll find a host of resources there, including this thing, Career Exploration PowerPoint, that we have just been talking about in the presentation guide. Peter, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
480-486-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Peter Pritchard. Peter is a specialist in helping people think about their career goals, identify them, and then more importantly, reach them. His website, workforthecommongood.com, is chocked with information, references, all sorts of things. So we've just been talking about the need to have a very clear direction for your career. Now, we're not talking about a destination in terms of a job. We're talking about what you want to be moving towards as opposed to what are you running away from. And we've been talking about the need to dream big. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And then to be prepared to have conversations with people, there are two particular categories that are helpful to go through, a series of questions. One is around the competencies you'd like to be using in your new role, and the other one is the kind of environment you'd like to be in, who you would like to be around, the kind of people you would like to be around in the new role. And those give you a really good cornerstone for having a conversation with your manager, with um, a stakeholder, with a mentor, to talk about possibilities and where else you might go. I will also say, if you're a manager, it's a fabulous series of conversations to take your direct ports through in doing their own planning. That in and of itself doesn't necessarily give you enough, but it's a good starting point. It's a direction, at least. So the second part of this one is this lovely thing called a mission statement. So, Peter... I hear a lot of people say you need to create a mission statement, and then I hear a lot of other folks say, yeah, I tried that, but it's a lot harder than it looks. And so people give up before they get there. So the first question I want to ask you is, why does a personal mission statement matter so much? A mission statement, Wanda, is that it provides focus. So. Uh, and I'm and, and I and I can't argue with you uh, about the fact that that it can be difficult because what we're talking, what we're asking people to do is really be very honest with themselves about, you know, what do they really want to stand for, um, you know, what what character traits do you want to show up? That's that's the first part of looking at. Is it, what do you want to be? What what character do you want to bring to to to, to whatever you do? What are the contributions and achievements you want to make? And what are the values or principles uh, that are going to be part of what you're, what you're doing? So your character, your contributions and achievements, and your values or principles. And those require thought. I mean, you know, most people, I sure as heck, you know, early on in my life, if somebody had asked me, well, you know, what are the answers to those? What's my character? Well, I, I want to be a good guy. Well, that's not enough. Um, 
So it, it, is, it is difficult. However, um, I, I designed the first part of, of this conversation and, and uh, to, to speak to that question. You can start with what we just talked about in terms of your competencies and your work environment. So start there. One of the, one of the ways of making this easier is, is have that information and go, well, you know, I really liked that you mentioned, um, you know, uh, being artistic and creative and, uh, and uh, have, you know, lifestyle, having balance in my life. Start there. So write that down and go, what, how does that suggest what you want to be doing, the values you have? It, if somebody was saying that to me, I, I would say, well, what you're, what you're, what you're talking about is, is personal expression and, and the values are not just doing what everyone else says. Um, and that starts you to create um, a mission statement. The key to a mission statement is make it personal. Um, and a, a phenomenal resource for this um, is Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It's an international bestseller, and he talks about mission statement in a whole chapter. Habit number two, in terms of the seven habits of highly successful people, it focuses in on a personal mis- mission statement or philosophy. And so he expands on that in a powerful way. And um, as I said, uh, on my website, for it, it's free. That, that um, planning guide has a whole page on how to create a mission statement, and it has the shine and Holland work. So you've got all the, all the information there. But to your point, Wanda, it's not easy. You got to yeah. be brutally honest, and it might be in, in contrast with your your, uh, your your significant other or family expectations or whatever. But starting there, creating that mission statement around what's really important to you and how you want to be in that role um, provides focus that can be invaluable as people start to think about where they might want to work. One of the things that strikes me about your three items that go into a mission statement, who do you want to be? What's the character you want to be? Number two, what are the contributions or achievements you want to have? And then number three is the values and the principles by which you're going to live. What strikes me is I talk to a lot of people who are early in their career, so you know, early 30s, and are not sure where they want to go and not sure they're happy the industry that they're in and they just have lost any sense of meaning in what they're doing. But what they've been doing up to this stage is chasing the next title or the next promotion. So it's almost as if the fun was, can I get this next promotion faster than anybody else? But you reach a point where those promotions don't just come and they cannot be the motivators that keep you going because they're externally driven, they're not internally driven. And what I like about a mission statement is it takes it out of the title and the promotion and into something that has more meaning, substance to you. Uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. The, um, continuing to be motivated to your point about getting the next job faster than someone or making more money or whatever. Um, if you have a mission statement, you can, you can constantly be checking 
against that, you know, that character, the the values and principles that drive you. And I, and I want to be clear, I didn't state this clearly enough. Um, the the mission statement definition that you just uh, repeated that comes from Stephen Covey. That was not me. So okay. the character and the contributions and the values and principles that's in his second habit uh, in terms of begin with the end in mind. So I want to make sure that none of the listeners um, uh, that that's a Stephen Covey and it's part of his brilliance is the way he defined the mission statement. But yes, it provides a framework. Um, give you a, a, an example. When I when I got my master's degree from from NYU, we were forced to create a mission statement. This was 40 years ago. And in my mission statement, it was one sentence. It was, I want to help as many people as possible live lives with which they're satisfied. This isn't profound. This is, this is what I wanted to do as a career counselor. Well, when I mentioned earlier in the program that I left three jobs, the reason was because of my mission statement. I wasn't adding that kind of value. I was only, in quotes, managing others. So mission statements can, can, can fuel... Uh, and and really help people who are looking to uh, move toward things around which they could be excited. Uh, That mission statement that I was forced to do uh, 40 years ago shaped my decision three different times. Am I helping people to live lives with which they're satisfied personally? And I wasn't. I was doing it as a manager, but that wasn't where the excitement uh, came from for me. So th- I just wanted to share that, that, not to talk about me so much as to give the listeners an example. It can shape your decisions in a very powerful way. Yeah, I can see that. And I can see that it can help you shape where you put your priorities in, even yeah. in the role that you're in, what's the most important thing to be doing. Um, and I can also see that there's ways to live out. If I just take your example of a mission statement, there's many ways to live that out. It doesn't script what you do. I mean, you can do that by actually helping people one-to-one. You can help other people live satisfied lives by training other people how to help them live satisfied lives. You could do that conceivably if you wanted to by managing people who were doing that in a really yes. constructive way and coaching them. Yes. So there's a lot of ways of going about skinning this particular mission statement, but it's helpful to come back and saying, is what I'm doing right now giving me the person I want to be, giving me the achievements and contributions I want to make in the world by the values and principles I want to be? I'm very glad okay. you said that because, yes, for me it was – um, I, the managing for me isn't isn't part of it. It's the the interaction with individuals around their careers. But you're absolutely right. I know many many. I've got many colleagues and friends who love the management, and they see that as doing the same thing. I'm I'm help. Yeah. Their point to me is, Peter, I'm actually doing it through more people. I'm impacting more people than you are in terms of the work it is you're doing. I can't, you know, I, unless I'm doing it in a group, I couldn't argue with that. So your point is very very well taken. Well, and that's why it's important to come back to the career anchors, the competencies that we talked about at the very beginning. Do you know, do you want to be a technical functional? Do you want to be a general manager? Do you want autonomy and so forth? If you haven't asked those questions first, then you could take yourself down a line that isn't letting you live out this mission statement in a way that makes you happy. Um, I have another question for you, Peter, though. Do you find people's mission statements change over the course of their life? Absolutely. Um, uh, yes. Um, as p- so, you 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 mentioned people starting in their career and and possibly being motivated by you know taking the next step and making more money or being the first to get there. Um, 
they absolutely change as we as as we mature and as we uh, move into different kinds of areas. Um, so uh, there, right now, I have a mission st- uh, a mission statement around the the state of our country, um, and it's to encourage individuals to take steps to improve the quality of their world through actions over which they have control. That's my common good mission statement. I'm concerned for our. This isn't. This isn't. This is both sides of the aisle. This isn't a partisan statement. I'm concerned about the future of our country, and I and I, I want to. I write articles. Uh, I wrote an article of uh, the, the, again that's on the website in terms of what you can do to heal our country, and the whole idea behind that is this second mission statement. Wanted to your question, to to really help. It's, it's part of what I'm doing on, in my conversation with you is to help people think in terms of, hey, hey, you know, you can have an impact uh, if you choose to do so. A lot of people say, well, I can't do that, or, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say, or whatever. No, every one of us has things we can offer to what it is we want to do, but we need the focus of of a mission statement, or if it's not a mission statement, a vision statement, or just you know, a goal. If you don't like the, uh, the phrase mission statement, call it something else. What is it that's going to frame your actions in a way that allows your values and the qualities that you possess uh, to surface, whatever you want to call it? Um, but yes, you can have um, you can have more than one um, mission statement for sure. And I, I, okay. I wanted to give you two examples just to show that that in fact can be the case. That's a great example, um, and I I agree. You can call it anything you want that makes it work for you. I worry about people using goals because goals always come with a quantitative assessment. You know, like I want to be number one or I want to get this thing in two years or I want to increase my impact by 25% or something. And those then start to lose the essence of what you've defined and Stephen Covey's defined as a mission statement, the character you want to be, the kind of contributions you want to make and the values and principles you want to live by. I thank you for pushing back. Uh, you're absolutely right. Thank you for correcting me. I misspoke. Um, I completely agree with you. Goal and, and Covey talks about it, uh, and and I've I've lived it. Goal is not the same thing as a mission statement. So thank you for pushing back on that. And you're absolutely right. Um, I misspoke in terms of presenting goal as uh, you know something that you might want to call it. Call it a mission. Call it a vision. Um, call it something that gets at. Uh, what we what uh, we were been talking about in terms of your values okay. and principles and okay. your character, who you want to be. Excellent point. Glad you pushed back. Thanks. Thanks. Um, now, I want to ask a slightly different question. So we've got this notion that we start with uh, career competencies and we start with the kind of environment that you want to be with, be in, and then some reflection about the character and the contributions and the values and all those sorts of things going on. Presumably, then, you have to share this statement that you're crafting with other people, see how it feels, and go back and redraft it. Is there any particular magic in how you draft and redraft and so forth? Um, I I don't think so. Um, It depends on the person's... the personality of the individual that's involved with it and how how comfortable they are uh, with talking with other people. Um, I don't think there's a particular magic to doing that other than doing it. Whatever I've had people who've done it as a picture. I've had artistic people who, who've done it at, who, who didn't put it in words at all. Their mission statement was a picture. 
I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm a word guy. I, I'm, I'm a writer. So I never know. You don't want to see any picture I have created. It would make not a darn bit of sense. But for these people, they were artistic. They put mission statement and, uh, you know, it hasn't been a lot, maybe a dozen people in the years I've been doing this came back with a picture of their mission statement. It was brilliant. It was like, I get it. A couple I didn't understand, but, but most of them were. So, no, there's not a particular magic to it. want to fit it to your personality. Um, and then the, I want to underscore part of what you said in asking that question is then share it with somebody that you know and trust. Um, share it with somebody. Um, it, it, it can be anybody. Somebody who knows you, who you trust, will listen and, and provide feedback in a facilitative kind of way. Um, uh, now, there's a caveat there. Sometimes the first person probably shouldn't be um, a significant other. And that, for some people, might seem heretical. But um, uh, if, it's your, if it's your significant other, if it's your partner, uh, if it's your spouse, if your mission statement is talking about completely getting out of the lifestyle that you're talking about and have lived with that person for a long time, that can start becoming dangerous. So um, the, the caveat in terms of sharing it is don't necessarily, you know, talk, talk it over with people you trust, talk it over with people, you know, get it refined and then go to your significant other. And I know some people on, the, on, on this call are listening to that going, that's just not right. But I have seen situations where somebody went immediately to their significant other and it caused problems because they had no idea that the person that I was coaching was thinking of doing that. And it completely hit them out of left field. And the person hadn't taken the time to nuance it in a way that their significant other who, who uh, would be able to respond to. So uh, um, there's no particular magic other than do it. Do it in your own language, in your own way. Share it with people you trust and, and see where it goes from there. Got it from there. Um, I met a couple several years ago who had done the Stephen Covey training um, and were big believers in this need for a mission statement. So they would go away every year for a retreat, every year for a retreat, the two of them. Each of them would revise their own personal mission (laughs) statement, and then they created a family mission statement. In effect, how do we want to be as a couple? Isn't that incredible? I Um, love it. I love it. Great idea. (laughs) So, and again, the notion, I just want to reiterate, the notion behind doing this mission statement is that it gives you a sense of meaning and purpose. It's a guide for the kind of work you want to do. It's the look on the wall and say, am I living out what I intended to be living out in the way that I intended to do it? And that's what we're about here. Yes. Uh, Covey talks about it being your constitution. Uh, the solid expression of your vision and values. So, yes, it, it can be fundamental and foundational, uh, and it helps to organize uh, your decisions. When we talk about looking for a job, it helps you to start uh, really uh, – it, it creates a focus that can be very, very powerful. Well, I can also imagine in interviews that I have this sense of clarity about what I'm about, that it makes answering all the questions that you get in interviews really much easier. Absolutely. If, 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 yes, if you're coming from a place of consistency and, and moral belief about who you are and, and why you want to do what you want to do around your values and principles, it, it helps you organize your answers in a very natural way. I completely agree. And in some cases, right. the employer might not want to hear that. 
know, <laughs> or and, you might find out you don't want to work there. That's and, a good answer you, too. Absolutely. When they start, you know, furrowing their brow, going, "Oh, really? That's that's who you are and what you stand for." Uh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to work there if they can't handle the fact that these foundational ways of looking at yourself aren't relevant for their organization. Okay. All right, well, we're going to take a break here at this point. So um, I just want to make one last comment, which Peter actually has taken from one of your blogs that reminded me, I've heard this before, but top performance athletes, athletes, top performance, Olympic gold medals, professionalists, know that having a mission statement is what helps them fuel performance. Yes, the title of the of the article, and again, it's on it's on the website. It's free. Um, uh, is uh, it, it talks in terms of peak performance. Uh, mission statements create peak performance. So um, I'm glad glad you read it. That's nice to hear. And yes, the whole focus of that article is around what we've been talking about in terms of mission okay. statement. Um, and and right. world class athletes use it. Charles Garfield. Uh, uh, it, it was a coach of world class athletes and was one himself and wrote a whole book about it. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that, that I've heard that as well, and I've seen that in other places. All right, well, with me today is Peter Pritchard. Peter's website is workforthecommongood.com. As we've said thousands of times, there's a lot of information there. Peter's mission in life, among many things, is helping individuals live lives that they're satisfied with, and in particular, helping them identify career goals and then reach them. We've talked at the very beginning about the importance of understanding the career anchors, the competencies you want to be using in the next job, to understand what you're going towards, not what you're running away from, and to understand the kind of environment you want to be. And we've been talking here about using that information to create your own personal mission statement, where in that mission statement you say, here is the person I want to be, the character I want to be. Here's the contributions I want to be making to the world or to my organization. And here's the values and principles by which I'm going to operate. And that that becomes your guiding star now to start the search for the next opportunity. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to come back to talk about, so how do you begin this search to make sure that you find the opportunities and people find you? We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it, and keep it. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Peter Pritchard. Peter's website, workforthecommongood.com, gives you tons of information about how to think about the job site, job approach, and so forth. And we've been talking about how to begin to frame what it is that you want to go towards. So now, Peter, I want to do this last part, which is how do I go about identifying the kind of employers that are going to be interesting to me? And then, more importantly, how do I approach them? So start with the ID. What's really important to keep in mind? Okay, and um, the section of the the PowerPoint that this is referring to is the career expo- it, The PowerPoint is career exploration and job search for any job in any sector, and there it, the, on that is a job search activity list. So that list is foundation for what what it is we're going to be talking about. The first point I want to make in terms of this is uh, often people start you know looking at ads and looking on websites and 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 doing all kinds of things. I would ask you to step back and, and think in terms of being proactive and reactive. People who are proactive reach, identify employers of interest. So now you've got the work environment you want to work in. You've got the, the competencies you want to use. You've got a mission statement. So now it's identifying and researching uh, employers of interest and, uh, and being proactive. If you reach out to them directly as well as respond to ads or, or information that's out there from search firms or whatever, it's, it's, it's more comprehensive search. Most people do a reactive search. It's easier, and um, they're answering things that are out there that everybody's seeing. A proactive search you're identifying employee, employers of interest. And the best resource for, for doing that is a resource. Uh, it's the best job search resource I know. It's called job-hunt.org, job-hunt.org. I don't get anything from promoting them. They don't know who I am, but it has phenomenal resources for this aspect of what it is that we're doing, which is identifying employers of interest. So be proactive. Create a list of employers of interest. Create a list of jobs of interest. Go on these employers' websites. Who are the, who, where are the places that you admire, that you know uh, are places where the, the career anchors that you possess um, and, and what we've discussed are? Create a list. Go on their sites. See what kind of positions are there. You could see positions you never knew existed in places you've identified that you would want to work. Um, uh, so the, the uh, job search activity list starts with create a proactive and a reactive. Do both. Approach places that haven't listed things that you know you're interested in and also approach things that come up on, uh, on websites or, or through search firms or whatever uh, to do that. Let me, let me stop, Wanda. What, what, uh, that's where I wanted, you, wanted people to start is with that idea. Do both okay. facets of it both um, right. for yeah. the reasons I mentioned. Please. What I like about how this all fits is it's not that I'm looking at a company that I've read somewhere sounded cool in an article that I've read, and therefore I want to work at Apple or Google or wherever it is that I might have thought would be cool. It's rather I have a reason now to say 
to Google that I want to work for you because I'm looking for this kind of environment and this kind of place and I see that you have it and I think that will get a lot more attention. Um, we've got just a few minutes before we're going to wrap up here. So Peter, tell me you know, in the four minutes that are left, tell me how do you go about approaching? So let's say I've done the proactive side. What are the key tips on approaching an employer of interest? Okay, the first is, uh, and one of the things you need to do, which I haven't spoken to yet, create a list of all your contacts, all of them, whether you think they're helpful or it would be helpful or not. Many of you can do this off of Facebook and LinkedIn and, 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 and your list. Create a list of your contacts that is accessible to you. One of the, the specific answer to your question is the p- best way for you to en- uh, access an organization is through a referral from somebody you know. So the, it, when you have that contact list, and that's the beauty of LinkedIn, uh, and again, uh, jobhunt.org really gets does a number of articles on this, is use LinkedIn. Look at, look, put, put in the name of the organization. See who, which of your contacts um, are connected to it in some way. The best way for you to leverage your way into an organization you know you're interested in is by a referral. So the creation of that contact list even if you're extremely introverted, even if you're, you're not somebody who's comfortable approaching people, we're not, and the second key thing is you're not approaching your contacts for a job. You're approaching them for information, and you're saying that. Bill, we haven't talked in a while. I'm in the process of, of, of looking at options. I thought of you uh, particularly because uh, you're in the industry that, uh, that I'm looking at. But, Bill, I am not asking you to get me a job. It's called decompression. I'm not asking you to get me a job. I just have some questions for you. I promise I won't hit you up for a job. I am asking you for information at this point to help me move ahead. So the idea right. of you, anybody can do, you know, respond to ads or whatever, but the best way to do that is through a referral, and the best way to do that is have a list of your contacts and reach out to them, but stress to them that you're not going to hit them up for a job. You just need information, and then don't hit them up for a job because then you would have lied. <laughs> Very important. You don't want that one. I often say to people, in fact, a lot of times for young people who are looking for a job, I often say, imagine that you're going to do 100 interviews, not job interviews, but you're going to talk to people about what they do, how they do it, how they got into that job, what they find interesting about that job, and you're going to get information about what it means to be in this field. With that information, then you are more informed on where you want to go and how you want to go and the kind of contacts you want to reach out to. Absolutely. I wouldn't change a word of it. Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yep. Okay. And, and, then and I can also... I, I'm sorry, please continue. Sorry, I was going to say, I can also underscore how impressive this um, website is, job-haunt.org. I was perusing earlier and looking through at their advice on how to interview for a job. You couldn't get more better, more concise information on what to say and not saying what might be asked and so forth. Really lovely website. Okay. It, one last tip. Yes. One last tip. Um, yep. Create a resiliency strategy. And what I mean by that is look at your tendency to be hard on yourself. If you're, if you're do, the, the paradox is if you're doing a, a reactive and proactive job search, you're going to get rejection. Stuff is going to happen. You're not going to get the job it is that you want. So the importance of taking care of yourself, and again, it's on the job search activity list, and there's information about it. Um, You need a a strategy for, for what is your tendency when things go bad? 
do you start beating yourself up? Do you go into a shell? Or do you just say, hey, learn something from it and move ahead? If you're doing a very active, proactive, and reactive job search, you're going to get rejection. And, and you need to be ready to deal with that and understand your tendency. So before it happens, give some thought to it. Talk to people who know right. you. Ask them, your significant other, you know, I'm in this job search. Uh, honey, what, what do you think is uh, the best way? Uh, how do you think I react when things go bad? I can tell you how to react when things go bad. <laughs> and all of a sudden, right. you're getting feedback in terms of that. So create a resiliency strategy. Few people think right. about sure. that. Very important part of the process. I love that part. And again, there's guidance on Peter's website. We are totally out of time. My guest today is Peter Pritchard. Again, his website is workforthecommongood.com. Peter, fabulous advice, both on getting direction in your career, finding a mission and purpose, and then lastly, doing the job search itself. So join us next week for another episode. Thanks, Rhonda. Thank you for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.